Hello, everybody, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries, uh, the legend, the man, the myth. And uh, a lot of myth, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. And we're a little show called Solid Steps Radio. If you're just finding us for the very first time, uh, we're a show, a radio show, weekly radio show that's in Kentucky, Anna area, California, Southern California, Indiana. And we are a show that are for men by men talking about things from a man's perspective. Our audience is guys. We want to talk to men and say, men, there are more to this world than sports, politics, and weather. Uh, those things are fine. I like all talking about those things. But at the end of the day, that those don't follow into eternity that much. We want to talk about the things of eternity. And we believe in this show that if you are not walking, solid, solid steps is the name, because if you're not walking with God through the person of Jesus Christ, then you're not living out your destiny as a man. Heavy stuff, but we think it's true. So one of the things on this show is we want to talk about the story God is writing in men's lives. And so today we're talking to a, a friend, a dear friend of mine, but also a, a really great story uh, about a man who went from agnostic, I'm not even sure God exists, to I'm going to be a pastor full-time for him in ministry. And that's a kind of a big leap. And I can tell you- That's it, a miracle. And it didn't happen over a weekend, <laughs> but it happened over trial and tribulation. And typically that's where God likes to do a lot of his good work. So we're going to talk today about what it means to go from one place to another, but what groups outside of Sunday, why you need to have a fellowship with other men Monday through Saturday, Christianity. Well, you know, Chad, we always talk about how God is always writing stories. I mean, the stories of men's lives. And we just, uh, so Josh, we just love having you in the show, <laughs> in the studio here and uh, on the show, because we want to hear your story. It, it's, a, it's a compelling story. And uh, we're just going to jump right into it, brother. I, you, you grew up in the church. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I did. Uh, so I lived out in the South End here in Louisville, and my dad was a deacon at our church, and I was there most of the most of the week. You were drugged to church. You had a drug, I, I you was, had a drug issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that was the path. I was there kind of all the time. But but it wasn't uh, it wasn't always awesome. Yeah. Because something <clears throat> happened. That's right. So. Um, Went to church, got baptized in the church, and and followed right along. But uh, my mom got cancer when I was pretty young. And uh, how, how old when, so, when when your mom got cancer? So the first time when I was fourteen, she she got sick, and then uh, it went into remission, which was wonderful. But but then came back really aggressive when I was uh, when I was seventeen, and passed away on prom night. On prom night. That's right. You got back home from prom, and she she was. She was gone. She's gone. And when when that happened, what what's going through your mind as a seventeen year old young man? Yeah, at first I I was crying out to God, God, where are you? I need your help. Uh, my dad was was struggling. My brother was struggling, and uh, I just didn't feel like I was hearing anything. And I and and life just continued to get harder and harder. And so I I just I slowly started to just pull away, you know. You pulled away from the Lord. You pulled away from the church. You pulled away from Christian friends. Kind of the whole gamut. You know, at first it started as just not going to church on Sundays and pulling away from that. And then eventually it was even friends. Uh, I, I became angry because I still remembered my mom and all the pain that I was going through, but life kept going on. And no, 
Did anybody even help you in the grieving process? So I, I did have, I had some friends that reached out and, and would check on me regularly and, and things, but it's just different. They don't, life a year later, life has moved on and, and I hadn't. And you're stuck. And I was, I was stuck. It was like I was just in mud. And, and <clears throat> I mean, what's going on, not just with you, but with your family? Yeah, my, my dad was struggling and, and really wrestling. He'd, he'd been, they'd been married for 30 years. It, it was a really long-term marriage and, and built under, under God. And I think he got angry with God just like I did and, and stopped attending church kind of altogether. And uh, my brother um, had a similar story. And, I, I mean, that's tough. It was tough. Really tough. I mean, many times, Chad, I don't know about you over the years, when you hear of, of people who have trials, really tough, difficult things happen in life, uh, many times they, they're drawn to God mm. or just the opposite. Yeah. And that was you, the opposite. And I ran away. Yeah. yeah. So so what happens then after you pretty much are, are kind of moving toward um, an agnostic frame of mind. Yeah. I don't know that I had a moment where I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm agnostic. It was more or less, God, even if you are there, I, you don't care about me. I don't care about you mm. kind of. And so wow. the longer I held that mentality, the more it just became a, a, not even a thought. Uh, it just didn't even cross my mind anymore. So that, uh, you, you kind of, you're moving forward in life. You go to school, um, go to school, work a few few different jobs, some that make great money, and and I, and, and you know I had all the creature comforts. It, it, it went through a tough part, but decided just to put my head down and and make money. That was my goal. And make money. Yeah, that's the answer to happiness. That's the answer to life. That's the answer to everything. I sure thought it. Make a lot of money. <laughs> that's what, and that's what you thought. That's what I thought. And um. And so you fall in love. So, so I, I meet my wife, Krista, and uh, it's wonderful. Everything's great. Uh, I, I start not long after that uh, in the IT world and contracting and then eventually working as an engineer for a small company here in, here in Louisville. And things are going good. Things are going good and, and making good money, exactly what I was looking for. And uh, all, the, all the creature comforts were, were there. And then something happened. Yeah, and so so my wife uh, got pregnant, and uh, we were extremely excited. Uh, and uh, her words, not mine. Pregnancy was wonderful. She loved being pregnant, and uh, I know that's not what most women would say, but she did. <clears throat> it was she. She really enjoyed it, and I, I remember we going to the hospital. She was going into labor, and everything was planned and smooth, as smooth as it could be. <laughs> You know, like but we don't know what we're talking about here, but um, I, I'm sitting here thinking, guys. man, all the stories are wrong uh, about how terrible pregnancy is, how terrible labor is. But room full of men talking about yeah, pregnancy. I mean, right? No women clueless. are here. Right. Hey, I, I'm trying to quote my wife. I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> so so uh, she goes into labor. It's a long it's a long labor. And um, there's some complications and, and her heart starts beating funny and, and, and nearly stops. They have to give her, uh, I think it's a shot of adrenaline to keep it going. And, um, that didn't work well with our, our son, Henry inside her. And, uh, he, he started gasping inside of mama and 
aspirated meconium, which is just a tarry substance uh, in, in, inside, and uh, came out not breathing. And so, they, so he's so he's delivered. He he he's delivered, but he has been in her womb. She, he has been sucking in um, almost death. That's that's right. That's right. Yeah. And so they they had a specialist. They knew there was meconium present, so they had a specialist there to hopefully clear his airway to to get him intubated uh, immediately. But he couldn't do it. Uh, it didn't work. Um, and so they rushed him down to Cozair, uh, which is a children's hospital. They got him there uh, pretty quickly. And they told you what? Yeah, in the back of the ambulance, uh, the 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 paramedic in the back said, "Hey, just kind of a forewarning. It's not looking good. He's he's probably going to be pronounced when we get there. I want you to be prepared." I think he was just trying to be very kind to me so that I could get my head where it needed to be. And then they get him inside the, the hospital, and the doctor comes out half an hour later and says, well, he's breathing, barely, and uh, he will likely not make it through the night. Um, and so if you pray, pray. And it had been, it had been a considerable amount of time since I got on my knees and, and prayed to God. At, at, at to that, up to that point, you, God was out of your mind, out of your world, out of your life. Yeah, virtually. There, there would be times over the years where there'd be a thought and pop in, and I would just wash it away. Like, ah, oh, there's no such thing. So when he, when the doctor said that to you, yeah. what did you do? So I, I sat there and thought about it for a while. I was late. Uh, the, the, the waiting room was empty. And so uh, I thought, well... It's kind of a Hail Mary pass. So I got on my knees and, and you I You literally got on your I knees. Literally got on my knees and uh but there was nobody there. I mean it was, was it was completely empty. Got on my knees and uh and I prayed. Uh and it was probably the goofiest, ugliest prayer you'd ever heard. because uh, I was angry and I was crying and um but but I prayed. I prayed that night. Was it what kind of prayer was it? Like, it was. It was, uh, a, was it kind of a almost a threatening <laughs> prayer to God? I, I'm sure God looked down at me from from heaven and thought, "What is this guy saying?" Yeah, it was. God, you better do this. God, you cannot take my son. You took my mom. You took my family. Uh, you better not take my boy. And did you have any hope? I, honestly, I didn't. I, I I thought I'm praying to to dead air is what I is what I thought. Uh, yeah, no, no real hope. We're gonna, we're gonna hear in the next segment what God does and what God doesn't do. So we're gonna come back in the next few segments and uh, hear the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. And we got three segments worth. And, and just when you think, man, that's pretty traumatic, it, it, there's even more to to what's gonna happen in Josh's life. So we're gonna take a break, and we'll be back shortly to hear more of his story here on Solid Steps Radio. Before we jump into the second segment, we want to thank our sponsors of our show, Ellen and Credit Union. They are a local lender and financial institution in the Louisville area. They've been around for decades. They help you with anything you need. Car, I just refinanced my car with them. They're great to work with. Car, home, auto, uh, uh, business, you name it. If it has to do with money, Ellen and Credit Union can help you out. And also, uh, Vision First Eye Care. They are a local, Louisville-based uh, they have 11 different cities in the Kentuckyana area, six Louisville locations. If you have eye issues, need to see better, they are the people to go to. Vision First Eye Center will help you see a lot better. And speaking of seeing, 
we want to see what happens in the, the, the from the first segment. So, so Josh, you pray this kind of Hail Mary pass. I, I, there's yeah. got to be people all over the world who totally can relate to this. I mean, they're up against the wall. It's hard, hard, whatever it might be, the, the, the difficulty. In this case, it's your boy. Yeah. Um, but you pray this prayer. What happens? So he makes it through the first night and, uh, and then makes it through the second night and the third very touch and go though. Uh, there's many times that we thought, Oh, he's, he's not breathing or it's stopping. And so it was scary. We were there for, for almost 30 days. What's going on in your heart as you are hoping that your son does not die? I was just trying to make it through the day. I mm-hmm. didn't really have, have a whole lot of thoughts, a lot of sleepless nights. My wife was there with me. She didn't get there to, to almost five days later because of the complications during, during the pregnancy or during the labor. And so I, a lot of just sitting there staring off into into the distance, um, I, not really praying, not really pursuing anything else, just trying to sit there and hope my boy makes it. No more. Uh, uh, you can get back on, on your knees again. No, I wish you I did, could you, say that. You just did it one time. That's right. Um, tell our listeners where your son is now. Yeah, so my boy, he's uh, he'll be eight years old on June first. He's at uh, Cal, which is Christian Academy of Louisville here, uh, and he's he's healthy as a horse. <laughs> and God answered your prayer. That's right. And God doesn't always do that. He does not. Yeah, I prayed similar prayer for my mom when she when she got cancer, and and I didn't get that response. Yeah, I, it really is a mystery. I mean, mm-hmm. you pray this prayer for your mom, and she dies. Yep. And you're a kid. Yep. And you pray this for your child. That's right. And God steps in. Yeah. And God heals. That's right. And uh, so, so now fast forward a little bit. You, okay. you got Henry. Right. Henry's uh, almost eight years old. Yeah. And then your wife gets pregnant again. Yeah. So, so about two years, a year and eight months, nine months into uh, our having Henry home, William is uh, born. And so uh, we got our hands full. And everything is bliss, and you are walking with God, and you are a devoted follower of Jesus. Far from it. <laughs> Far from it. But God answered your prayer. I, I know, and it made me more receptive. I was, I was looking and, and had kind of that out the corner of my eye towards, towards God, but, but wasn't there yet. You, um, so what, what began to draw you? So I took a job at a small company, a technology company here uh, called VoicePad, and and there just there so happened to be a guy there that, that eventually became my boss, named Todd Rash, and uh, he saw he saw an opening. You know, we became gym partners and started going to the gym, and part of the requisite for me to lift with him is he was going to tell me about Jesus. <laughs> I'm your boss. Um, we're going to go work out, yep. and we're going to pump iron. And, oh, oh, by the way, there's this person in my life that I need to tell you about. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> did you ever look at Todd going, kind of roll your eyes, or did you how, 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 to describe that? You know, I think uh, if it, it started off with me just wanting to impress my new boss, right? I, it, I hate to say that, but it's You were pretty boss. shallow. Yeah, pretty shallow. And <laughs> you want <laughs> I, I wanted, I wanted to make a good impression with the new boss and, and, and I, it wasn't only that, but, but that was part of it. And, uh, you know, and he just kept pouring into me and eventually invited me to, to a group. He invited you to a group Yeah. and, uh, 
And what, like the the first time, this is a Bible study group. That's right. It was. What what was going through your head as you are gonna are walking through the doors? I literally thought, "I'm this is nuts." What, what I had no idea why I was going, other than I had uh, formed this great relationship with this guy. I really started to care about. And uh, he's and a he, good dude. He's a good dude. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good dude. He, you can tell he cares for you. That's right. Um, how, how, at, at this point, you were 17 when your mom died. Yes. Now you're how old? About. Let's see. Uh, I'd have to do, do some math here. Uh, Dude, you're an engineer. You should. <laughs> I, I was uh, in my early 30s, so around 30, 31. Okay, and so you go, you, you walk in the doors. You're you're going because Todd's a good dude. That's right. And w- as you're you're studying the Bible. What is happening that night? So I was present, but I don't know that my, I was all there. But, but there was a really wonderful man named Terry Sanders that was in that group. And he asked me why I was there that night. And uh, my response to him was, I have no idea. I'm not even sure I believe in this thing. So everybody, he, he was asking a lot of the people in there, like, why, you know, why are you here tonight or whatever? And m- most everybody was probably Christian. Yeah, I think I was the only one that was not. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, Josh, why are you here tonight? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, uh, nobody's accused me of not being honest. Uh, so. uh, you know, but that's uh, that's the beginning of uh, of when we are honest with God, and uh, so that you you made a commitment that night. I did. I did. So it was a three thirds group, and and at the end of three thirds groups, we make commitments for the following week, and. A lot of the guys made some substantial commitments. My commitment, uh, Terry asked me, hey, just make the commitment to come back the following week. Next that, week. Next week. And so so I said, I, I guess I can do that. My commitment is I'll be coming back next week. That's right. Did you did you think you would make that commitment? I, you know, I wasn't sure, but but I thought, uh, I can do that. That's not super hard. I can, I can get my butt through the door. So you come back, come back again. Yeah. And God's God's stirring. He is. He's he's doing a work in me that that I can't explain and uh, well I can now. But but at the time I couldn't right. and uh was more and more interested and a, a gentleman by the name of Eric came and shared how to share the gospel, a training for the group uh that night. And now I grew up in the church. My dad was a deacon. I know the Bible. I knew the Bible pretty well, but it when he was sharing the gospel, it it was different that night. It affected me completely differently. It, you saw the gospel and what Jesus had done for you in a completely different light. I did. I did. And and uh, it, in a really short time, it it changed my perspective, uh, full full 180. Before the show, you mentioned to me that once you heard the gospel, once you heard what Jesus Christ had done for you, you, you 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 kind of made a statement. I'm either all in, or this is you know. I I just figured there was a there was a moment I was at home. It was late, and and I had this. I'll call it an epiphany because I don't know if there's a better word. But I had this moment where I just realized that if God's real, and I and I was believing that He was at this point, then I have to be completely in. Uh, there was no place for lukewarm or or just kind of maybe quasi. Quite, commitment well i figured if the god of the universe that spun this earth uh and hangs the stars in the sky is real then holy smoke i better do 
I better be all in. So you committed your life. I did. Fully, wholly to the Lordship of Jesus. That's right. Where was your wife in all this? She she was not there. Uh, she was not having those moments, and she was not around a group of, of ladies pouring into her like I was with, with men. And so she she thought I was being lost to a cult. How long did it take for Krista to catch up to you? It actually took quite some time, but she started seeing significant changes in me. And it, it piqued some interest uh, and, and had her kind of thinking, well, what's going on here? When Jesus says, you are the light of the world, you are the salt of the earth, um, she saw that. Yeah, it mixed in with a bunch of other garbage, but but she got she got that a little bit. <laughs> well, that's I mean that's uh, that's the Christian life. We're not going to be perfect. If we could be perfect, we don't need a savior. That's right. We have all blown it. We've all fallen short. That's why we need Jesus. We need a savior, and uh, and so she eventually she trusts Jesus. Uh, she she does, and she's we. I start leading some of the groups as I was was asked to do. And then she starts attending church with me because I started attending church. And then from that point on, I mean, life has been an incredible, just rich blessing of no, of no faults, no issues, no problems. Well, we're going to take a break because we all know that's a big crock. But because uh, <laughs> there's another trial coming ahead of Josh that he doesn't see coming because we just don't see all the, the play that's playing out in front of us of our story. So we're going to take a break, come back, and hear another trial that comes gets thrown his way. But when a wind, the winds of persecution or trials come, they either blow you over or deeper. Let's wait and see what happens with Josh when we come back here on Solid Steps Radio. I want to thank our new sponsor to our show. If we sound super great on this show, you're like, man, this sounds really good. We want to thank Louisville Podcast Studios. They are, this is our first time in their studio and if you are a wannabe podcaster, if you say, man, I'd love to have a podcast and my organization wants to, you need to go go to podlou, that's P-O-D-L-O-U.com. That's Louisville Podcast Studios. They, they are a plug and play. Sit down, push this button, and you've got a podcast. Great folks over there, podlou.com. We also want to thank Frank Enterprises. If you have any kind of landscaping, wastewater management, Frank Enterprises can take care of you. And then Bright Star Home Care. If you've got a loved one, who is in need of uh, care, whether that's one day a week or 24-7 care, and they are homebound, Bright Star Home Care can take care of you. So, Josh, you got you, you got this uh, change of life. Jesus is coming into your life. Yeah. And uh, Krista, you know, eventually she, she comes around. She and, does. And things are going pretty well. You mentioned to me a trip that you took that was really powerful. Yeah, so... I got invited uh, to to go to Tunisia and meet a team that's on the ground there with with trying to reach the Muslim population, and so uh, I was nervous and, and scared to go, um, but I took it as, do I really believe all this this stuff? And so <laughs> it was a it was a faith challenge for me, but but I did it, and and when I came back, uh, it it changed me, mm. and and it wasn't because of what happened there; it's because. I realized I was willing to, I was willing to pay whatever the cost was. God many times uses mission trips to change us. Yeah, and uh, tell our listeners where Tunisia is. Where so Tunisia is in North Africa. Uh, it's a it's a 
closed Muslim country. It's it's a pretty tough tough place. And but it was so life changing. You come back and God is stirring. You're you're continuing yeah. now to lead multiple uh, three thirds studies. That's right. Opening the Bible up. Uh, helping others explore what God has to say in his word. Yeah, yeah, pretty much every night of the week I was at the church um, in some capacity, either leading groups or helping them get off the ground. Uh, and, and so spent quite a bit of time there just trying to hold on. I know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> yeah, but interestingly, I mean, God even used, I'm sure, your history growing up in the church, even though you had a huge break. Yeah. of turning away from God because of your mom's death, um, I'm sure God used even those pieces mm. uh, of your past. Um, and and then now your recommitment to him, being baptized again and surrendering to him. Um, there's tragedy, though. It's coming. Yeah, so so I get back from Tunisia, and I think, you know, I'm all in. Uh, and, and, and I knew what all in meant. For me, it meant that I was I was gonna I was gonna go into ministry, and uh, I didn't know where or who or how. I I, I just started googling ministry jobs, <laughs> thinking how in the world does this work? Um, and then it wasn't within three weeks of, of me doing that or, or coming back from Tunisia, and then my wife got sick. And what happened with her? So she she started stuttering uh, at first, and uh, and then losing words, not being able to come up with them, and then some some memory issues and balance issues started to to plague her, and we started to freak out. You know, at, at first it was it was just one here and there, and so we we're like, what what just happened? So you kind of write it off, but they started to mount and add up, and and we got got pretty freaked out. And so you go what? So that we we go to the to the doctor, we get. Uh, CAT scan, MRIs done uh, of her brain, and it comes back, and they, she has uh, the, the spots on her on her brain. You mentioned to me two different doctors were explaining to you. Yeah, yeah, two separate doctors had had looked at the the imaging and said, "Hey, uh, we don't know what this is fully without without a biopsy, but the it it's not good either way. Uh, the prognosis is not." not good. And, and so you, you need to start preparing for that. When, when they told you that, what's going through your mind as you also think about Henry, mm -hmm. you also think about your mom, mm -hmm. what's going through your mind? It, it rocked my face, faith all over again. Uh, I, I came back from Tunisia with what I thought was life. Hey, I'll do, I'll get lay my life down for this thing. And now I'm being asked, to lay my wife's life down, and uh, it scared me to death. How did you talk to God about that? Yeah, so so me and my wife prayed together uh, on our knees, many many prayers, um, but they were all scared uh, prayers and tears, begging. Uh, begging prayers for God to intervene. It had to, I mean, you just had to be thinking all over again about Henry and all yeah. about your mom. Yeah, I, I thought, man, I'm I'm back just a few years later. I'm back in the same position as I was. I, I mean, in one sense, it's 50%. Yeah. Your mom doesn't make it. Your son does make it. That's right. And now you're praying, oh, Lord God, please. Please show up, God. Heal, heal my wife. That's right. Um, you opened a passage of Scripture. 
Yeah. So me and my wife had begun reading the Bible together, uh, just as kind of part of part of what we do in that. And we came across uh, James five, which is a passage I, I had known, uh, because I knew the Bible fairly well, but read it and it, and it just says, uh, go to your elders and have them anoint you and, and pray over you so that you may be healed. Uh, and, and we took that as literal as it gets. We just believed it. And, uh, and our, we, we started praying prayers of praise and thanksgiving to God. And we ended up, uh, we ended up over at the church and we had the elders, um, meet us on a Sunday morning to uh, anoint and pray over her. And when they got done, what was going through your mind? We, I walked away from that moment, and she did too, believing she was healed. It, I can't explain it, but that we believed the world had changed. The reality we were in was different. And you go to your next doctor's appointment. Yeah, the following Wednesday we had a had a doctor's appointment with a neurologist uh, to kind of walk through next steps. What you know, what's what's left, what we need to do, and uh, he brought up the imaging. And as we started looking through through the scans, uh, his words to us was, "There's nothing here. There's no cause for concern." So even though you're, even though Krista is having stuttering issues and having balance and all that, um, now. It's gone. Yeah, after after we left the church, uh, those three days leading into that Wednesday, it all the symptoms seemed to have subsided, um, and we thought we knew, we just believed uh, what it was. But we get to the doctor, and the symptoms are gone, and the scans are clean. There's nothing there. And and how how do you respond to that? Well, we. <laughs> We were still overjoyed and excited. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. But the doctor uh, said, well, there just must have been misdiagnosis from, from the get-go. And I asked him, I said, well, that, it's odd because two separate doctors looked at this and, and said, said differently. And he said, well, there is such thing as spontaneous remission. Uh, it is known in the medical literature. And uh, we just knew that was not true. <laughs> It's called spontaneous miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we walked out of there. It was sunny that morning when we got out of there, and uh, we, we just went and got breakfast. And we were just we just knew it was we knew God had answered that prayer. And it doesn't always happen that way. It, obviously, it doesn't. Yeah, you know, but um, in this case, God God used the you call on the name of the elders. Yeah. Uh, l- listeners, if you if you're not familiar with that passage, just James chapter five, and uh, James, the half brother of Jesus, is saying, "If you are sick, again, it's, there's no magic in this, but mm-hmm. you you call on the elders of the church, the leadership of the church. They are to pray over you. They are to anoint you with oil in the in the in the spirit of confession of sin as well. That's right. And um, many times, God uses. It's, there's no magic in the oil, mm-hmm. but God used those men. And and really, it's it's just a little vehicle of of fallen men That's that right. God uses and oil, but it's really, it's, it's God who heals. That's right. It's the power of God. And in this case, uh, Krista has been healthy ever since. That's right. She, no, no symptoms, no issues ever, ever since. So, so in the context of all this, you are continuing to um, move forward to being called into ministry. Yeah. So, so at that point I, I was like, 
we were going to figure this out. I'm going into ministry if I have to start a church is what I thought. <laughs> and uh, it was it wasn't a few weeks later. Uh, it, it's funny how God lines it all up. A few weeks later, uh, a, one of our local churches reached out to me and uh, asked me to come on as the, the group's pastor. And you've been doing pastor work for the last... Almost two and a half years now. Two and a half years. And you, you mentioned to me... Um, you had a second house. Yeah, I had it. We had a second home down at No, no Land Lake, and uh, we had, all, like I said, we had the creature comforts. Uh, we we had to figure it out. You, you, we had, leaving leaving the engineer world changed some things. Yeah. Well, we're gonna take a break because we're gonna hear the rest of that story. Well, we're gonna hear more about um, what Josh is doing, not just professionally, but the calling. And, and my question to the, uh, the the listeners are: Is your Christianity Sunday based or Monday through Saturday based? Meaning, is is your peak of your week with God Sunday for an hour, or what about the other six days? So we're going to hear a little bit more. What does three-thirds mean? And it's actually an import from foreign soil into America. This is not an American concept. We are looking at the church outside of America to figure out how to do some things that, you know, we don't have all the answers here. And so we're going to hear more about what that is uh, in the next couple, next last and final segment here of Solid Steps Radio. Thanks to our great sponsors like Dan Hart Financial. If you want to figure out about retirement, what that looks like, whether you're a year away or 10 years away, Dan Hart Financial can help you do that. Southern Smoke Catering, southernsmokecatering.com, my favorite sponsor. Uh, they uh, do the best brisket in town. They are a catering-only barbecue company, southernsmokecatering.com. Iroquois Family Dental, two locations in the Louisville area. If you need teeth taken to look at, they are a family-friendly dental office, Southeast Outlook. They are telling the story that God is writing all around the world, whether it's Louisville, Kentucky, or halfway around the world. Uh, Southeast Outlook does that. They've been doing that for 20 years. And then Veritech Generator, if you need a generator, uh, we are taping this amongst some ice storms. And if you're like, man, I really need a generator, Veritech can take care of you in regards to your generators. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter, and we are uh, going to finish up a great conversation and story uh, from our friend, Pastor Josh Brown. If you did not hear the first three segments, you missed a, a great story, uh, some pretty traumatic events from the birth of his child to his wife who has some scans that don't look good, brain scans. And uh, we, if you want to hear these shows in their entirety, go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or you can go to our Facebook page and just type in Solid Steps Radio. So, Josh, you you eventually you, you become a pastor. You're yeah. leading. You are leading just groups. You're training folks to become leaders. Yeah. And it's in a ministry called Three Thirds. Yeah. Talk to our listeners about Three Thirds and what in the world is Three Thirds and what you're talking about. You know, three thirds uh, is just a, a a weird name for for a group that has three sections to it. It's an obedience based discipleship group, uh, as opposed to knowledge based. Not that one's better than the other, but it gets men, uh, especially but men and women, out of the seat and to actually do the thing that we said we we believe. It really started as a church planting um, tool. Um, around the world. Talk about that. Yeah, a guy named Curtis Sargent uh, really started this uh, in, in China, and uh, it was it was a tool to you he used to hopefully hit all of the, the the multitude of islands around that one man couldn't get to by himself. It was a multiplication driven 
uh, group or, or church planting movement. And it's, I mean, it's rock and roll in China, in India, in... Uh, it's all over the world World at this point. It's one of the largest movements, disciple-making movements uh, in, on the planet. And here in America, uh, it's really not, not so much church planting as it is what? Wherever there is a local church, so when I was, we were in Brazil, they have a lot of local churches. We support the local church. We want people to get attached to that. This is just a structure for them to do groups. And so a, a small group structure they can use. It. They don't have to do a church. They can do a group. But where there is no church, this gives people an opportunity to have one in their home. So just depending on where and the locale. Talk to our listeners about the importance of being in a group, being in community, and growing in your faith. Yeah, I think we are taught uh, here in America that, that one of the things we don't talk about is religion, and, and it's a personal walk, and, and I, th- I think that's hogwash. If you read Scripture, that is, that's not true. Hogwash. <laughs> <laughs> that's a radio clean version. Uh, yeah. That's right. right. I like that, brother, from, uh, from my farming background. Hey. Uh, And so the Bible, I think, is real clear from Jesus from day one gathers his guys and and they are sent out two by two and they're constantly doing this together. We are not meant men are not meant to to walk and follow Jesus by themselves. Yeah. The uh, John Wayne, um, I'm alone. Make it. I I, I can I can do it all by myself is so anti-Bible. Yeah, it, it really is. All throughout Scripture, it talks about the importance of being together, being in a group, and, and to spur each other along, to encourage each other. I, I don't know anybody that can really follow and do what God asks us of us without having a team around them. Yeah, and even Jesus, I mean, he had the 12 disciples, but he had three that were very close to him. That's right. And when Jesus is in the moment of, you know, multiple times, but... I think most vividly, when he is going to the cross and he's on his way to the cross, he pulls his three closest disciples uh, with him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And that's where he, you know, the drops of blood, he sweats drops of blood. And um, but he's got men with him. Yeah. Yeah. we, We are just we are communal people beings and we need to do this together it, it it part of the reason that i lost the faith when i did was because i separated myself i i i dug a dark hole and i jumped into it by myself and and i lost my faith and and, and a lot of my friends because of it wow and so, so talk to the guy right now who's listening who is not he might be going to a worship service you know, once a month, twice a month, even maybe every week. Yeah. Um, and and talk, just talk to him. Yeah. You, you know, it is easy to walk into a church, get in the back row somewhere and stay anonymous. Mm. And, and you may have a good experience or, or be entertained. There may be good music. There may be a good message. And you can go home from that. But but I would argue that is the worst worst experience you could have at church, doing that by itself. And so I, I would I would tell any man— uh, or woman, but any man that's not connected, there are groups all over the place. Your church, most churches, I, I think the vast majority of churches have a small group system. Uh, you must get plugged in. If it's with one guy or ten guys, you need to be around other people to do this. And you have in in the ministry that you help lead three thirds. You you work with churches you know all over the world. Yeah. Um, 
how, if a guy's listening and he's he's connected in a church in a worship service, but he's not in a group, how do, how does he get a hold of three thirds? How how you could help him? There's a couple ways, but but the easiest way is just to go to three thirds.org. That's the number three t h i r d s dot org. That has all of our training material. It tells all about what we do and how to get get connected. So Josh, what's the main difference between what people are used to doing a Bible study group and three thirds? Yeah, three three thirds has a, a obedience component to it. I kind of mentioned this earlier, mm-hmm. but but really, uh, it you go through the the study and you hear from Scripture and you listen to to the Word, but then there's a there's a piece at the end where where you answer how you will be obedient this week. How will you actually do it? And 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 we'll write that down. And when you come back the next week, we'll we'll ask you how'd that go just to keep us accountable and moving the needle forward. It's too easy to just sit still and never do anything. It's really to spur us on, to encourage us to continue to move in, in our faith. That's right. I love three-thirds. It's, it's, it's the, the evening or the time is broken down into thirds. That's right. Talk about that just real quickly. Yeah, so so the group is really basic. Uh, the, the, the curriculum is the Bible. Uh, there's three sections. There's the look back, which is the first third, and that is just how was your personal relationship with God this past week? And we'll just go around the room and try to evaluate that to see, you know, it is really easy for me if somebody asks me how my relationship with God is to answer for the last 10 years. And, and I'll give you every un- answer under the sun. But I'm not evaluating myself on a regular basis. So that's the first third. And the, the second third is the look up. We're going to open Scripture. And we're going to answer some questions together. We're just going to do it together. And then the last third is the look forward. And that's where we make the commitments for, for the following week. And, and we'll just, how will we be obedient to what we just heard from God and the Holy Spirit? Mm. Threethirds.org. Folks, if you need a place to connect a great ministry. Josh, I can't believe our time is uh, fastly fading away. It's been great to have you. Thanks for sharing your story from an agnostic, uh, almost anti-God perspective to now you're in full-time ministry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a sense of humor, doesn't he? Wild world we oh, live in. Oh my goodness. Right? Josh, would you pray for us, us guys that we would be men who would pursue each other as we pursue God? Would you pray for us? Yeah, absolutely. Father, God, I, I just ask for your presence right now for, for any man that is listening uh, on the radio or on the podcast or however it got to them. God, I, I just pray that they will know their call upon their life that you have placed there so long ago and that they will know that it, it's valuable and that they're important and that they are so needed, uh, God, and that they need other brothers and sisters around them to help them help them get through this, to do what, what's been tasked of all of us. So, God, I just pray for, for your, your mighty hand uh, to move and, and to, to bless those that have chosen to, to take, up, uh, take up the steps to, to follow you, God, and, and more than just by word but in deed. And, uh, God, just connect, connect unconnected men. Uh, may, may we continue to see this movement spread across the world uh, to, to point back to your glory. Amen. Mm, amen. Amen, Josh. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you. So you heard a, a story that started off with, man, I grew up in church, but really wasn't in it. They might have been in the building, but not in you kind of thing. And then you saw a, a guy who had to go through a couple of trials that really pushed him forward in his relationship with God. And you may be listening right now and you may be going in the middle of that trial or in the beginning of middle or the end of that trial. Right, is it is it blowing you over or is it blowing you deeper? Is it taking you towards God or is it taking you away? 
And what I love about these three-thirds groups is I'm in one and Josh and I are in one together, is that a lot of Bible studies, you, you at the end, you go, man, that was really cool. And you close up your book and hope something happens. Nothing wrong with that, but obedience is part of what God has called us to do. And so right now, if you hear this and you think, man, I I really need something like this, even if it's not three-thirds, what's your next step of obedience? You've got one. Make a phone call. You know somebody. You know somebody. You could throw a rock and hit somebody who says they want to tell you about Jesus. So... um, Hopefully you will take that step of obedience. So uh, thank you for listening. Take this show. And if you wouldn't mind on our Facebook page, it's Solid Steps Radio. And if you would not mind sharing this on your page and maybe tagging someone uh, who may want to need to hear to be encouraged that knows that there's trials coming. And when they do, God is there and he can push you forward. And somebody who may be staggering a little bit. We want to thank again Louisville Podcast Studios. That's podlu.com, P O D L O U.com. If you're in the Louisville area and you want to do some podcasting, they have got an awesome setup. If I can push a button and do it, anybody can. So, hey, thank you for listening and pass this message along to someone else uh, for listening to the, the ministry here of Solid Steps Radio.